Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. Today we are in James part eight uh, of our series that we've been tracking along through the book of James. If you're new with us, uh, this is different than how I normally communicate. Typically we do series um, where we kind of talk about a topic. This one, we just picked a book of the Bible and we're going all the way through it. And hasn't it been good, guys? I mean, it's been incredible. Every single week has been incredible. Today is no exception. James chapter 3, I'm going to start reading in verse 3. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Okay, okay. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who's never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. And, you know, when you read this, a lot of people, you know, and I've heard this. This is kind of like a preacher joke. You know what I mean? People come up to the preachers all the time, and they're like, must be nice to only work one day a week. <laughs> you know? What, what, do we, what do they pay you to do? Just pray and, and read your Bible? Is that, is, that, is that all you do is pray and read your Bible? <laughs> no. All right? First of all, that is the most important thing I do is I pray, I hear from God, I read my Bible, and I, and, I, and I sense a direction for you guys on the weekend. But that's, you know, I do that all week long, but I, I try to reserve my Mondays as my message prep days. I, I'm just coming off the weekend. Um, I, I'm kind of living in, if you will, the, the presence of God still, because believe it or not, I'm led in this moment right here, right now, because you're in the room. And so this service will be different than last service because you're here. You weren't here last service. And next service will be different than this service because those people will be here. Well, you have to prepare your heart to be able to be led that way. And so that happens all week long. Tuesday, I think I got home around 9, 9 I think it was 9 o'clock. Uh, Wednesday, I got home around 9.30. Thursday, um, I ended up having to cancel all of my appointments that I had on Thursday. And a handful of us came over into the, into the new foyer, and we just got it ready. There was so much to do over there. And so I got home about 9, 9.30 that night as well. Fridays, I take off. And uh, that is my official date day with my wife. And uh, we protect that day. And it just so happens that last Friday was Valentine's Day. So it worked out in everybody's favor. So that's kind of a, a glimpse. Besides, you know, people who, who say, you know, it must be nice to work one day a week. How would you like this scripture to be your future? You know that we who teach will be judged more strictly, right? It's like, how would you like that in your future, right? We, uh, we were kind of being silly a couple of weeks ago, and Zach and I, he's our facilities, he's on our lead staff, um, we were talking about the guys who actually came in and had to perform inspections on the um, fire alarm over here. And literally, it's one guy's job to walk around to every sensor, and if this is you, I'm not, I'm not knocking this, all right? I'm just, I'm just recognizing what you get to do. He puts a little attachment on a pole, and he goes up to every sensor, and he goes, Psst. And if it sets off the alarm, he just goes to the next sensor and he goes, Psst. and that's, that's what he does all day long, right? Probably gets paid $60,000 to do that, right? Psst. And you know, he probably works from, you know, 9 to 3.30, Monday through Friday, never overtime, right? Never overtime, never weekends, probably gets per diem based upon where he travels, 
But you know what's a big deal is he's had training to do that, and it's his signature that basically he's getting paid for because he has certified that this fire system works. And the only reason why we need him is because there have been fire systems that haven't worked. Are you with me? And so, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to pay him whatever it takes to get that, get that green light to do whatever we do. And so people, people look at, you know, other people and they wonder, oh, it must be nice. Why am I even talking about this? Let's just keep moving, moving right along. It's not, it's not the title of my message. It's not what we're talking about today. He goes on to say, anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, James says, able to keep their whole body in check. So he's, he's saying, you know what? If you can control what you say, you're perfect. And kind of the underlining theme is, is there's a lot of people who can't control what they say. And then he goes into it a little bit more in verse 3. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. So it's this little bitty bit that you stick in a horse's mouth, and you can turn that whole animal with that bit. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, verse 5 says, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire. A world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. <laughs> wow, James. Settle down, okay? But it's true, isn't it? All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Verse 9. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse human beings who have been made in, in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, who's he talking to? Us. Us. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. I have titled my message this weekend, You Kiss Your Mama With That Mouth? That's what, that's what I've titled today's message. And let's, let's lean in. Let's see which direction the Holy Spirit wants to go and just allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you as we navigate through the Scriptures. Father, we love you. And we thank you for the holy, inspired, written Word of God, your Word that brings life, that brings understanding. And Father, right now, we look at your word, 
And Father, I know that in the room today, there's going to be a hundred different stories, Father, of people in here who, who will take this message and it'll apply in one way to another, a completely different way. And Father, we want to lean into that. We allow your Holy Spirit to minister to us. Father, I receive your anointing, the Holy Spirit to guide me and direct me. I have notes on a screen, but Father God, this is, this is not a, I'm not handcuffed to these notes. Lord, I thank you for using us today, for teaching us and showing us things. In Jesus' name, amen. For those of you who don't know how most church governments function, we are a pastor-led church, meaning me and my staff, we, we hear from God and we make most of the decisions that happen around here. But we, make no mistake about it, there is a governing board of directors that I appoint, or I, I, uh, I, I'm responsible to. And they are the ones who essentially, outside of God himself, are, are kind of my boss. Like they determine all of the major expenses that happen around your place, church. This board of directors, um, they determine my salary. I don't pick my salary. They do. They are the ones that say how much I make. They determine. They were the ones that decided when to purchase and, and proceed with phase one. And just to give you some confidence, these are men and women of godly character. They're businessmen and women, and they understand business principles, but they are led by the Spirit of God, and they read the Word of God, and they understand the Word of God. And I was talking to one of our board members, this has been a couple of years ago, and we, we came across this scripture and some of the other ones that I'll get to today. And he, he was talking about how he actually had did an experiment with this whole thought that there's power in our words. And he says he, he saw someone else do this, and he wanted to prove it out himself, right? And so he planted two plants in his flower bed, and then he sent me the picture of them. And so these are the two plants that he planted in his flower bed. Now. <laughs> Click. There they are. Okay. So, so, these, so basically, I don't know, you horticulturalist people, you'll know what kind of plants these are, right? You can tell by the flower. I don't, I don't know. Daffodils? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what they are. But anyway, he bought two exact, both of them were healthy. He planted them in the, they, where they would receive the same sunlight. They got the same nutrients. They, um, they got the same amount of water. And then the one on the right, every, ever so often he would walk up to it and he would use his words and he would say things like, you're healthy. You will grow and you will flourish. And the one on the left, he did, he, he did everything the same, except his words to this one was, I curse you at your roots, and I command you to die. Watered it, gave it the same fertilizer, the same nutrients, the same amount of sunlight. And then he waited a few weeks, and this was the results. He sent me the picture. The one on the right is flourished. The one on the left is dead, like dead cursed at its root to the ground and i'm like you didn't do anything different he's like i did nothing different other than i spoke life over one and i spoke death over the other one is it possible that our words carry more weight to them than we think listen to these scriptures proverbs chapter 18 verse 20 a man's belly shall be satisfied 
with the fruit of his mouth and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. What's he talking about? Words. He's talking about our words. He's talking about the tongue. He's talking about our, uh, what, what's coming out of what we're speaking, right? What we're talking about. Verse 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Is this a passing cliche, or is there truth here that some of us might be missing? We can see this all the way through the Bible, but if we're not looking for it, you have a tendency to pass right by it. For instance, I'm going to take you all the way back. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was waste and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Well, how did all of that change? And the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters, verse 3, and God said, he spoke. He spoke things into existence. Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. God divided the light and the darkness, and he called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning on one, on, on one day, day one, right? Verse 6, and God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. In all the way through James chapter, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 1, you see the same thing. Verse 9, and God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place. Verse 11, and God said, let the earth put forth grass, herbs yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit after their own kind. Verse 14, and God said, let there... Uh, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. Verse 20, and God said, are you seeing a theme? Amen. You seeing a theme? God spoke things into existence. Verse 24, and God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth after their kind. And it was so. Like, make no mistake about it. After every one of these, and God says, it happened. Because there is creative power in God's words. Now look at verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Now notice he's saying our. Who's he talking to? Who's he talking about? You know, for the longest time, I thought Jesus just came on the scene when he was born. Like we start reading about him in Matthew. No, 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 no. His name, Jesus, was given to him at that point, but he was referred to before then as the Word. John says the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God from the beginning. Like Jesus, the Holy Spirit, have been here the whole time. And God says in verse 26, let us make man, you and I, in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he, or created him, male and female created he them. Now, we understand 
that man, he actually came down and he fashioned us with his own hands from the dirt or the earth that he spoke into existence. And he created us in his image. And then he gave us dominion over everything. We were created. Now, this is where people have a problem with this, especially if you've got a, like a staunch religious background. According to Scripture, we were created in the image and likeness of God. So if God had creative power in his words, is it possible that we do as well? Because we read it for yourself. I'm not pulling any of this out of context. I just read it for you. Go read it for yourself. Is it possible that you have the same creative power in your words that God has? And people, are, people get mad at me or get mad at preachers that, that, that preach the word of God um, because they're like, are you saying we're gods? No, you ain't God. Make no, make no mistake about it. You ain't God. But you are created in his image in his likeness and so if that's the case then these scriptures all of a sudden begin to make sense proverbs chapter 20 verse 21 death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof now i've been doing this ministry thing for it'll be 27 years this may May 5th, May 6th, somewhere in that area, we said yes to the call of God, and, and we started our first ministry assignment 27 years ago. And we've seen some things. And I'm just going to shoot straight with you. You're too late to talk me out of most of what I've seen. I've seen it, lived through it, walked people through some stuff in 27 years. And I've seen things, and I've watched the outcomes for instance, the, the, the young man that said this, I'll never make it to 40. I'll never see my 40th birthday. And he says it jokingly. Oh, you know, I'll never make it to 40. That's old. I'm not going to make it to 40. The day before his 40th birthday gets killed in a car accident. And you're like, that's coincidence. Is it? Because it's happened again and again and again. The guy that says, this job's going to be the death of me someday. This job, this job is going to kill me someday, right? We think we're joking, but then, in this one particular case I'm, I'm thinking about, uh, they were in a, like a power plant, um, and then like, there was a crane, something was happening, and they, moved, they were moving something around, and right as the crane, like he had a hard hat on, but come on, it's a crane, with heavy stuff, and right as it got over them, it just, and killed him. And people, people think, well, that's all coincidental. It's not. You have power. The life and death are in the power of the tongue, the Bible says. So I'm, I'm here to encourage you today to just be careful. Be careful about what you're saying. and Be careful about what you think is funny and what you're joking about. It happens on both ways. Like, you speak good things over your life, good things happen. You speak death over your life, death happens. Why? Because there's power in your words. And I don't know if this example applies or not, but I mean, we had this dog, okay? 
And all the pet lovers are going to hate me for this message, or for this, for this illustration, but it, it, it's, so, it's so spot on. And so we had a dog. He was the runt of the litter. He was a German shepherd. He was part German shepherd, part chow, part lab. So it was a German shepherd with webbed feet. It had like a black spot on his tongue, right? And so we had this dog. Tyra got him when, he w- when she was in high school. Her dad went off to fight in Desert Storm. And she was like, I need a dog to protect me. And she got the littlest German shepherd known to man, right? Ooh, fierce dog. Well, this dog had little man syndrome because this dog would fight anything, all right? Like, you don't call me the runt. Like, he would fight anybody. And so, um, but he was a good dog. And so we got married and still had the dog. We had kids and still had the dog. The dog lived forever, I feel like. And uh, if you've been to Compass, then you've heard us tell our stories. Right before we moved here, we were living and doing ministry in Topeka, Kansas. I was on staff at a church there. And we had this deck that wrapped around our house. And this dog at this time was super old. She named the dog Bojay, right, after Bo Jackson, which back in the 90s was a big deal, but not so much today. Anyway, um, and so she named him Bojay, and this dog was super old, like blind, couldn't hear. Like, it's tough. You know, if, if you're blind, you could, at least, you could at least call him, Bo, come here, and he'd hear you, right? But when he's blind and deaf, it's like he can't hear you or see you or anything. And he would, he would moan. I never had a dog that moaned. He would be like, Aah. he'd do that all day long, right? And all the humane people are like, you should have put that dog out of its misery, right? You should have just put that dog out of its misery. Well, he would get up, and he would, he would see us up on the deck and want to be up there with us. And he'd just be like, got to climb these steps. You know what I mean? And he would just go, Ugh, and just moan the whole time. And he would get up the steps and come around. And, and one day I looked down at that dog, and he was looking up at me, and he's like, you know, I'm like, is this all worth it? Do you just want to hang around? And like, are you enjoying life? And I said, I said, Bo Jay, you have permission to go back and die. Like, yeah, and people are like, <gasps> I mean, he's old, he's lived a good life, right? He's in pain. I said, you have permission to go back and die. Homeboy went back in the backyard and died right there. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, he just did it. And it's, it's, it has nothing to do with my message, but it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting to me. Like there's life and death in the power of your tongue. And, it's, and, it's, and here's something else that's interesting. Like if you, if you study science, and a lot of Christians are like, ooh, boo, science. All science is is the study of creation. Right. Now, they don't call it that, but that's all it is. They're just studying creation. And scientists will tell you that the smallest part of any matter is an atom, Right? An atom. Well, now they've looked inside of an atom, and an atom is comprised of a nucleus, which has these positive electrons and these negative electrons and neurons. I don't know, all that stuff. But I, I'm not a scientist. I'm a preacher, okay? Amen. But I read scientist stuff, what I understand. And so this is what I do understand, that up until recent times, most scientists would agree that the smallest part of any organism or matter is atoms. We're all made up of atoms. Well, somehow they've been able to create some super microscope now that can see into the nucleus of an atom. 
And they said, we can't, we can't really figure out what it is. The only thing we can describe it is, is it looks like, it just, it looks like a sound wave. Which makes sense because in the beginning, God spoke. And all of this stuff was created. I mean, this is not hard for us to believe because science, scientists tell us this also. Scientists say that light is still expanding. And we're starting to see solar systems now outside of our own. Like, it just keeps going. So it, and it makes sense when God said, let there be light, there was light, and it's been increasing ever since, right? So when you think about this, and, and again, I did, I'm not here to fry your minds and talk about quantum physics, but what I am here to help you is to help you understand that there's potentially a lot more going on than we realize. If we were created in the likeness and the image of God, is it possible that we have the same creative power to speak things and they happen? Yeah. Are you with me? Now, you may be in the room going, oh, this is all hogwash, this is all hokey, I don't know where the preacher got this, which is why I'm going to give you a ton of scriptures, and you just make your own decision. We're not going to judge anyone, you just wrestle with the word of God on your own, and you come up with your own thoughts. Are you with me, friends? But I am saying, if this is possible, we may want to consider what we say. We, want, we may want to consider turning our words around. I mean, we understand this just from a relational standpoint. If my wife says nice things to me, I respond positively. If, my, if I say nice things to my children, they respond positively to me. If I say negative things to my children, we, we encounter students all the time in our youth ministry that have come from ne very negative environments, and they tend to have a very negative outlook on life. And we have to help kind of get them turned around and see what God's doing inside of them and through them. Look at six, or Luke, Luke chapter 6, verse 45. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of the heart, his mouth speaks. Amen. So what's inside here is what's eventually going to come out here. Right. right? Out of the overflow of the heart, his mouth speaks. Well, we've been on a faith journey as a church. We've been learning about faith, and faith is what we believe, right? Faith is it's, it's something that's it's, it's, it's assurance, it's hope. It's like we understand faith now. Well, faith, we understand, is directly related to our heart, and what's in our heart is what we speak. So don't say stupid stuff, friends, right? I'll probably never be healed. I'll never get that job. It's, it's, it's too big for me. Who says? Right? Or, that's just my luck. That's, you know, that's just my luck. Uh, it probably won't happen. It's just my luck. Why are you saying that? 
I'm so poor I can't even pay attention. Stop! Stop! And I know you're just trying to be funny and it's all great, but what's happening is, is your ears are hearing your mouth say those words about you. And again, I'm not saying you have to walk around and be like, confession police, oh my gosh, bad confession, right? I'm not saying you have to change your personality and your identity, but I am saying be careful what you say. Well, my dad had cancer, his dad had cancer, and his dad before him had cancer. Guess what? Don't say it. Even if it was true, it does not have to be true for you. It can stop with you. Do your kids a favor. Stop that generational curse in your life. Are you with me, friends? Turn it around. I am a blessed man. Well, how do you know? The Bible says so. And I say so. So it is just the world I live in. Amen. I'm healthy. I say this almost on a daily basis. Psalm 91. With long life, he will satisfy me and show me his salvation. I'm not going to be satisfied if I have to go in and get treatments every month. Are you with me? I'm not going to be satisfied if I have to, like, if, if my health deteriorates, if I, if I start to lose certain uh, physical senses. I, I'm not going to be satisfied. The Bible says with long life will he, will he satisfy me and show me his salvation. I say that. I speak it into existence. Are you with me, friends? Well, the same guy who, who did the whole plant thing, we were talking about some of these things, and he was trying to explain it even better for me. And he was like, you know, people have pets, and they enjoy pets, and I've got this dog. And let's just say, you know, some people, they've got this dog, and they, the dog wears a collar, and on the collar, it's got its name, like Spot or Fido or whatever, right? And if you want the dog, you call it by its name, and it comes. Well, let's just say that you have a dog, and the dog's name is blessed, is healthy, is prosperous, is successful. And then you have a cat, and around the cat's collar, right, is disease, is bacteria, is infection, is death. I intentionally chose the cat for this, just so you know. I did. I did. He says, if you want the health, if you want the dog, you don't call the cat. Are you with me, friends? So if you're believing God for something, you don't use your words and call something else into your life. He said, and here's the thing about a cat. That dadgum cat will rub all over you. You know what I mean? Go in and out between your legs. And just when you don't want it to be there, it's there, right? Get fur all over you. But the point is, if you want healing, health, success, provision, long life, then don't call those things, those other things into your life. Call the dog. Dog's man's best friend, right? But yet it's what some of us do every single day. We pray for healing and we speak death. We pray for increase and then we speak poverty. Are you with me, friends? To even further prove this point about our words, man, look, look about when you receive Jesus. For those of us in the room who, who have a relationship with Jesus, Romans chapter 10, verse 10, it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. 
God places an emphasis on the words coming out of our mouths. And I'm, I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you, I, there was a season when I was the confession police. I mean, when I got this revelation about the word of God and how the, my words have power, oh man, I stopped saying anything negative. And anytime anybody around me said something, I was like, oh, 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 oh. That's a bad confession. Shouldn't do that. <gasps> Why would you say that? But there's truth to it. And it works both ways. You can speak life or you can speak death. And I'll say this, I turn my words around. Let's stop using our words to condemn and start using our words to lift up. The writer of Psalms, verse 15, verse, or chapter 15, verse 4. Scripture, the holy written word of God, which is unchangeable, says, the tongue that brings healing is a tree of life. But a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Amen. Psalm 21, 23. He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from calamity. Right. Psalm 16, verse 9. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will rest secure. It's all based upon what he says. Do you see it? If faith comes by hearing, then we want our faith tank to be full. Your words are the needle of the gauge to your faith tank. How much, how, what, whatever you're believing God for, I can spend five minutes with somebody and find out whether or not they're believing God for something or not. Why? Their words. You're either full of faith or you're about half faith or you're like no faith. You're on empty. Your words show that. Does this make sense, friends? Amen. Build our faith. How do we release our faith? All the way through Scripture, we see how, how Jesus encourages us to release our faith. He's, he talks about using your words. If any of you say to this mountain, be removed. What are we doing? Speaking. Any of you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. Like, you believe this. It'll happen, Jesus said. Amen. And your mountain doesn't have to be a physical mountain. It could be that doctor's report. Seems immovable. It could be your financial situation. Seems immovable. You speak to that immovable, impossible situation, and you say, move. And you believe It'll move. It'll move. We've, um, we've kind of joked about some of these things as a family, but we've joked in the positive way. We've always told our kids ever since we started having them and they were old enough to understand, we would joke because the two older kids would pick on the, on the youngest, Tyson, right? And we would say, well, you know, when Tyson gets old enough, we're probably going to buy him everything that he wants. Because we're just going to be at a different place. When he's old enough, we're just going to buy him everything he wants. 
And so then they would laugh, ha ha ha, my mom and dad, you know, Tyson's older, they're gonna buy him everything. <laughs> Guess what happened? <laughs> he's old. We buy him everything, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's not because he's the baby of the family, it's because all of a sudden we can buy him stuff. Taliana's first car, and this, I'm not proud of this, I wish I would've cut this sooner. Taliana's first car was like a 1982 Chrysler LeBaron convertible that her grandparents gave her, okay? Taylor got my old pickup truck that I was just driving. I just let him drive it. He ended up getting it. It was his. Tyson got a Jeep Commander that he sold and bought a Mercedes-Benz with, okay? <laughs> are, are, you, are, you, are you following me? Like, we all did it and didn't even realize what we were doing. But when Tyson came of age, we were at a different place. And I remember the time it, it, it happened. Um, you know, we used, to, we, used to be good, we used to be good stewards of, of what God's blessed us with. And I would, I would buy, like, great value. And there's nothing wrong with great value. That stuff comes down the same assembly line as hefty, 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 right? It does. And so I would, I would buy great value sandwich bags. And I always bought the press and seal, you know, it's got the two things. You gotta get the one rib in there and you gotta I think I got it, you know what I mean? And that's what I would buy. And one day, I just, I don't think I even paid attention, but I grabbed a different box and threw it in the cart, and brought it home. And, and Taliana was going to get a, a sandwich bag out and she opened it up and I accidentally bought the zipper one that has the little white slide on top. Right? And she's like, whoa, what are we rich now? Oh my gosh, this, this is awesome, right? Holy moly. Look, look guys, mom and dad are rich now. We're buying the zipper, zipper bags. Holy moly. And it became a joke. And now they say it all the time. Anytime we do, we bought like 50, we're pretty bougie. We bought like $50 in coffee last week. We were out of coffee, all right? And so, and so the kids are like, rich, rich, rich. Say it as much as you want, children. I take it. I receive it. I receive it. Yes, you are right. I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. Say it again, right? They believe it. And so do I. Now. And lo and behold, if our investments didn't turn around. Lo and behold, if our, in, if our, if our jobs, in our, our, we have multiple streams of income. This is not my only sole, sole source of income. If you were here last week, I said God is my provider. And God blesses us. But it's interesting to me. I wished I would have done this when the kids were littler. And I wished I said, I spoke it over all of us. But now here we are. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Now, there are Eastern religions and Zen and like New Age type stuff that are out there. And they believe in this also. They just exclude the Jesus factor. They just exclude God. And it's dangerous when you do that. But you know what? The reason why they do it is because it's a, actually a spiritual principle that works. Sowing and reaping is a spiritual principle that works. Are you with me, friends? So, James says, chapter 3, verse 9, 
With the tongue, we praise the Lord and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Like he's calling us out. Why would you say that? Even if they are acting stupid, they're still made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. So what do we do? I think we do what the psalmist did in Psalm 14. He prayed this prayer, Lord, set a guard over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. I protect me like, come on, alert me. Alert me. If I start to say something negative, if I start to say something that's cursing, that's not blessing, if I start to do this, God, you alert me. You alert me. And that's my prayer for all of us this weekend at Your Place Church, is that we would heed the words of James, recognize what we're saying, and use your words to bless, not curse. Amen, everyone? Father, we love you. We're so thankful for the holy written word of God. And Father, we're responsible for this now. And we step into this and we understand this. Father, we're not going to be those that just change who we are, but we are going to be mindful of the words we say. And some of us, maybe we need to change who we are. Some of us, we've made our reputation as someone who just says things that we shouldn't say. Father, I pray that all of us can take a step towards you and your word this weekend. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more. You've